Hello, this is Meet the Problem Solvers. I'm Judy Perlman. Very good to see you after a couple of weeks away. My guest tonight is Karen Peluso. Karen is the Executive Director of Neurofibromatosis Northeast. Um, we have a lot of stories to tell and things to speak about. Uh, Karen and I met through some mutual love of music. <laughs> so here we are to talk about some of the work that we've done together. But Karen, um, I'm just going to let you tell the story of how did you get involved with neurofibromatosis? Well, my husband and I have four children. We have two biological sons, and then we have two daughters that we adopted from Korea. And one of our daughters is named Mia, and Mia was about five years old when we adopted her. And the day after she arrived at Logan Airport, thanks to a very wonderful Delta Airlines flight attendant, uh, she, delivered us, she delivered her to us at Logan. And the day after, I took her to our pediatrician because I was worried about her. She was obviously malnourished and she had scabies and she just was unhealthy. So when we got to the pediatricians, I noticed that he was more interested in some cafe au lait birthmarks that she has on her body. She had many cafe au lait birthmarks. They're like coffee colored brown spots. And he said to me, has anybody talked to you about these spots? And I said, no, nobody has talked to us about anything really. And he said, these are a sign of a genetic condition that causes tumors to form on the nerves. And he called it von Recklinghausen's disease. It had been being called that for about 100 years. Now it's called neurofibromatosis. And uh, neurofibromatosis affects one in 2,500 births. It's not rare. It affects more people than cystic fibrosis and muscular dystrophy combined. Yet. When he told us about this condition, I had never heard of it before. Went home, told my husband, neither of us had ever heard of such a thing, and we were terrified by it. I just honestly can't imagine what that day must have been like for you. Here you have this little girl, and right. all you're worried about is her scabies. Right. And here you have this news coming. Right. Yeah. Well, when I left, the pediatrician's office, he said to me, now I want you to take her home and feed her and love her and don't worry about this. Well, of course I worried about it. And it was all I could think about for a long time. But then as she began to get older, she was thriving in our community and in our family. She was just a beautiful little child. and. I kept pushing that word neurofibromatosis deeper and deeper into my subconscious because I didn't want to know about it and I wanted to pretend that nothing was ever going to happen to her, that maybe he was wrong and this wasn't going to happen. That's pretty understandable. Right. Certainly. And here's this happy kid right. bouncing around. Right. Yeah. Well, you also have to understand, this was before the internet. This goes back almost 40 years ago. So there was very little information. I couldn't find any information about it. And it was, it was very scary. 
And as I said, she was doing great. And then when she was about nine years old, we discovered that, she, well, she became very, very ill. She had a very large tumor growing throughout her internal organs that were liter was literally spread throughout her whole insides and shutting her down. Now, fortunately, we live in the Boston area, so I was able to take her to Mass General Hospital where surgeons literally saved her life. And uh, she was a very sick girl. She was on life, life support for a long time, and she was in and out of the hospital for uh, the next year. So she missed a year in school, and she, was, she had a long recovery to face ahead of her. And we were talking as we were walking here about what a miracle for this child right. to be adopted, not to rural Arkansas, right. but to Boston. To Boston. And to with parents who were sophisticated and knew the thing to do is not to go to the community hospital, but right. you got the support to go really where you needed to go. Right. We were all so fortunate that we live in the medical mecca. Really, the yeah. surgeons were able to save her life, and uh, it was uh, it was quite a shocking time for us. And during the time that Mia was in the hospital, I was uh, really distraught. And I remember saying to her surgeon, "I'd like to talk to another person who has neurofibromatosis or meet another parent." And he gave me a piece of paper with a woman's name on it. And he said, this is one of my other patients. He said, why don't you call her? And basically, that is how our organization began because through her, I met other people. And before you knew it, we, by word of mouth, no internet, uh, we were able to put together a good core of people. That's amazing. Yes. It, right. Just through sheer need, need right. for information, need for connectivity. You're right. Yeah. And one of the things that we were talking about before that's so interesting is it is so much more common or less rare, I guess, NF. It's, neurofibromatosis is often referred to as NF. It is so much less rare than muscular dystrophy and cystic fibrosis right. together even. Right. But one of the reasons that, why don't you explain what we were talking about, why it has had this kind of under the radar. Exactly. As I said, neurofibromatosis affects one in 2,500 births. It's making it four times more common than cystic fibrosis and muscular dystrophy combined. But because neurofibromatosis affects patients so differently, I think one of the problems is it's never, it's not always diagnosed properly. So a patient could be treated for a brain tumor or for deafness or for epilepsy or scoliosis. And they would be treated, being treated for that symptom, but never know that they have a genetic condition called neurofibromatosis that caused those conditions. So that is a really amazing thing. So if that doctor hadn't, if your pediatrician hadn't noticed this, you might just have 
gone, al- gone on. In fact, that's we we were talking about right. how sort of the discovery of this diagnosis really varies from person to person and family to family. That is very true. Oh, so wow. many people, sadly, are misdiagnosed. And unfortunately, somebody could have neurofibromatosis, not realize it, and have children. And so they have a 50% chance of passing this genetic condition onto their offspring. And we've seen families where parents don't know they have NF until they have a child who perhaps is more seriously affected than they are. And it's a terrible shock. So once a child is born with neurofibromatosis, they have a 50% chance of passing it on to their offspring. But the other 50% of the cases of NF are spontaneous mutations. They occur in families where there's no prior history. So if people say, oh, neurofibromatosis isn't in my family, I don't have to worry about it. you should be cons- you you should be concerned because it could might all be of affected. a sudden yeah. it could all of a sudden happen. Yeah. So there you are, a young young parents. Luckily, you were all, it wasn't your first child. I mean, right. you kind of knew what it is to right. have children. Casting about for information, nobody knew really very much, and you really didn't know how to connect with other people. Right, and you didn't know mm-hmm. how to reach them. Exactly. So that lack of support was a big part of the problem. Yes, lack of support and information. So tell us a little bit about sort of the solutions that NF Northeast has developed, has created, and well, our organization is based on, as you say, the things that we didn't have. We didn't have awareness. We didn't have support. And we also didn't have any medical research being conducted. So when our organization was founded, we started raising money. We'd raise money at um, golf tournaments and road races and pizza parties, and we'd patch together enough money to perhaps give a scientist a seed grant so they could begin their research, and then they could go on after that to apply for a grant from the National Institutes of Health. But it was really hard to raise money, especially since nobody knew what neurofibromatosis was. Right. <laughs> so uh, this is Meet the Problem Solvers. I'm Judy Perlman. This is Karen Peluso here to talk with us about neurofibromatosis. And the episode title tonight is Thrust into Leadership, Facing Neurofibromatosis Head On. And as you can tell, this is what Karen had to do. This was the hand you were dealt. Right. So some of what you did and you envisioned as you started meeting people in Greater Boston, but also nationally, Mm -hmm. was to create some sense of um, medical referrals and support for people to understand what they might have to undergo. Right. So that was part of it. Mm-hmm. Part of it also was um, raising money for all these different things. And one of the things you told me is that he, right here in Boston, Karen and her small cadre had the first medical U.S. S- yeah, please go ahead. The first NF symposium, because. We were trying to bring scientists and doctors into the field to be interested in NF, in NF 
And the doctor that uh, was Mia's doctor at Mass General helped us put together a group and, and we raised money for the first symposium. There were six experts at this symposium. It was held at Mass General. And now a typical NF symposium held yearly has, will have about 150 uh, clinicians and scientists attending. So the field of interest in NF research has just grown so much, but don't forget, it's taken almost 35 years to do this. Right. It's, well, it's been a long process. Right, right. But I also want to talk about um, something else that you have explained to me that is just brilliant, mm -hmm. which is taking the step from golf tournaments right. and bake sales to some very, very, very serious and sophisticated fundraising. Right. Well, as I told Judy in the beginning, it was really hard to scrape together uh, funds for NF. And then one day, I received a call. It was like a magical moment. You know, you always remember where you yeah. were when that call came from a man named Steve. He was from New York. And uh, Steve had recently learned that his daughter had neurofibromatosis. And Steve had a history of lobbying Congress. He had been an advocate for APAC. And so he very much knew how the government worked. I didn't, but he said, we need to do this. We need to get government funding for neurofibromatosis research, and we should engage a lobby firm. And so I said, well, I don't think our organization can do that alone, but I had friends around the country in the Midwest and in Texas, and I contacted them, and between all of us, we patched together enough money to engage a lobby firm. And that was in 1996. And uh, since then, I am so proud to say that we have helped to generate about $600 million for NF research. That's just unbelievable. Yes, it is. That's amazing. Yes, That's it is. amazing. It's just, it was like you said, like I said, it's, it's a miracle because we could have gone on f fundraising in our very modest right. ways. To raise $100,000 a year would be a big thing, but now to have raised millions. So as a result, the research has just gone along so beautifully. More and more scientists have come into the field. And we are so excited that at long last, we have the first drug that has been approved by the FDA to treat one of the tumors that neurofibromatosis patients have. It's the type of tumor that my daughter had. It's called a plexiform tumor. And they're very, very large growing vascular tumors that can be very, very damaging. And uh, for a child, say for instance, that has a, a tumor blocking their airway, this can be a lifesaver. Or for my daughter Mia, had, if we had it then, perhaps we could have shrunk this tumor. Um, the, so far, the most shrinkage that patients have seen is about a 50% reduction in the size of the tumor, but that's wonderful. It can be life-saving, but it's only one of the types of tumors that NF patients have. Yeah. So we have a long way to go, but the progress, the research is moving along, and we're very hopeful. 
and so, but what, what I finally, I didn't understand this before. As I said, I knew Karen a, f a few years ago, sort of had a glimmering of what her work was, mm -hmm. was about. But so not only are the funds that they've raised um, pulling scientists and physicians and others into this field for treatment and research, but you've also hosted and created more of these symposia. Oh, yes. And you've even um, established some clinics. Yes. Tell us about those. Well, through the doctors that have come into the field, they have, some have emerged that have wanted to uh, start clinics. And for instance, the one at Mass General Hospital, it used to, it was a doctor who only saw patients there maybe a, a half a day a week early on when it started. But now the clinic has grown. He sees patients five days a week and he has um, a, a couple of other doctors on staff. And there's also a wonderful clinic at Boston Children's Hospital for neurofibromatosis. And they're starting in Albany and, and Yale. We're helping to get one yeah. started at Yale New Haven. We're so excited about that. I mean, what I, what I feel when you talk about this, Karen, is you were dealt this devastating hand, but every opportunity that you have even had a glimmering of, you've sort of optimized it and amplified what it could bring right. for patients and their families, all this awareness and support, and then all of this medical research. It's just amazing. Well, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I'll be very candid. I had no, I was, no idea what I yeah. was doing, but it's amazing what you can do when you're driven by a passion to help your child. And then not only my child, but along the way, I've met so many incredible, inspirational NF patients who just push me on, you know, make me want to do more. And I think part of what you've also said is that that lonely moment for you, devastating news, who knows what this is? You had to talk to other people. Right. She had to talk to other families. I mean, it was like right. a, not a compulsion, but maybe a compulsion. Right. You really needed that connection. And so for you to say, part of what we need to do is to create that platform right. for sharing, for learning, for passing on equipment. I mean, whatever, you've done a lot of ways, yes. a lot of ways that you've helped families. And we, we continue to do that. We have a wonderful support network through our NF community. If somebody calls our office, we can immediately put them in touch with another parent or another patient who may have had a similar, we, we have almost like a matching program, you know, because NF affects everybody so differently. We have built up a database whereby we can, we can put people together for support and also sharing of uh, resources, sharing, sharing of what doctor do you see? You know, what treatments have you had? Have, have you had tumors surgically removed? You know, patients share that with each other. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about um, what you've done. Whoop, there we go. What you've done uh, to raise awareness sure. because you've done some really fun and crazy kind of things. Right. So let's. All of this is about me trying to get the technology to work. <laughs> Here we go. I think we got it. So here's one of our first slides. Tell us about this campaign. Well, one of the 
if you notice when I talk, I try not to use the abbreviation NF. I always try to say the word neurofibromatosis because I feel people can say cystic fibrosis and mus they can say muscular dystrophy, but why is it that people have such a resistance to saying neurofibromatosis? So we created this campaign called What's the Word? And if you look at this t-shirt on the front, it says, what's the word? And on the back, it says, the word is neurofibromatosis. And we've had so much fun with this. We have so many fun videos that are available on our website of people trying to say it. They've agreed to let us videotape them as a waitress in an Italian restaurant <laughs> in the North End trying, trying to say the word neurofibromatosis. They're hilarious. So we've, we've had a lot of fun with it, but it really, it has spread nationwide. These videos are cropping up everywhere of people saying the word. So here's another vision of people raising money by mm -hmm. walking. Was this, this is, a walk? This is a photos taking, taken at just one of our walks. This was mm -hmm. out in Albany. And we covered the Northeast. We have events going on in all of the states around the Northeast. And this is one of our, one of our walks. It's great for families and patients to come together because, it, first of all, it gives each other support but it makes them feel like they're doing something to fight NF. It gives them a way to fight. To, to fight yes. and to contribute. Yes. So what, I'm sorry, I don't think we have a slide that has your website on it, but why don't you read it out for us? Oh, well, it's simple. It's nfnortheast.org. In fact, if you look at that, see right there, there's a, a person holding a sign ah. that says nfnortheast.org. There it is. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. And, and I encourage people, if you're interested in NF, uh, visit um, nfnortheast.org. Or if by any chance you're a person who's dealing with a rare disease and wants more information about how maybe you can get some more awareness and raise some money, by all means, reach out to us. I'm right. happy to help. Right, actually that is one of the things that we wanted to talk about in our takeaways section mm -hmm. segment of sort of, what do you do? What do you tell people? So we talked about a few things. So here it is. If you have a rare disease, mm -hmm. what are some of the things that you would suggest folks do? Well, um, first thing is do everything you can to find a doctor that knows about your rare disease. Uh, neurofibromatosis is a neurological condition, so uh, a lot of neurologists see patients who have NF, but we encourage patients to go to one of the clinics around the Northeast where there are specialists who see a lot of patients who have NF. So even if your your condition is even rarer than neurofibromatosis, don't give up until you find a doctor that has seen maybe right. two or three or four other patients so that they have some experience. Right. With you that, that is critical. I know I have great respect for doctors. I also have great respect for their egos. And for somebody to say, oh, oh, I can handle this. What no. you're saying is say thank you very much right. and go find that person who sees a lot of these patients. Exactly. Right. And now these days with the internet, 
you can do so much. If you have a rare disease, you can just post that word up on the internet and you can it's find. Stuff will come your way. Other people, other patients who've posted, you can find other doctors, you'll find information. We never had the advantage of the internet and now there's, there should be nothing holding right. people back. Right. So what are some, some other things? Find a specialist. Mm -hmm. What else would you find say? Find a community, you know, talk to other patients, visit, you know, try to get together with other patients, try to bring them together in either in just a, a, a get together and chat or plan a symposium, do something like that. And the other thing that we did was talking to Congress, talk to your members of Congress, reach out, talk to your uh, local representative, you know, or your representative in the federal con Congress. They can help. They may know about the programs that are available to help. The National Institutes of Health is an amazing resource. Reach out. Yep. And the other thing that we talked about was find every speaking opportunity. Oh, that's For right. example, <laughs> I'm sorry, Judy. That's okay. No, but that's part of it is that you're not just raising awareness for the people that you've already met. I mean, if somebody listening to this yes. has this diagnosis or any kind of diagnosis, here's Karen's voice telling you she's survived this. I want you to know her daughter Mia is doing well. Yeah. She's like a crazy diver who's yes, dived deep all over. Diver. Deep sea diver. She's <laughs> dived all over. She has had a very full life. Now, mm -hmm. I'm sure not every patient has had everything to be rosy, and I'm sure it's not always rosy. That is true. There is some. There have been some very. There has been great sadness along the way because some of those people that I met very early on have uh, are not with us, or they've lost their child to NF. NF is it's a terrible condition, and um, you're right. It's yeah. It, I'm yeah. sorry. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry to bring that to you. So. Here we go. Let's see. We're going back to just here's the happy kids. Yeah. What's the word? The, the word, word is neurofibromatosis. <laughs> and the next thing, the word is meet the problem solvers. Karen, I'm so grateful that you came here today. Meet the problem solvers is set up to do basically exactly what we just did. F sit down, learn from an expert, learn from their experience, pull out those lessons learned about how they made their way through really complicated terrain to um, improve their own lives, improve the lives of others, and in your case, basically brought in $600 million right. worth of support and research funding to move this thing forward. Mm -hmm. So all I can say is this show is an amazing experience for me. We love our guests. And we hope that you will visit our website, meettheproblemsolvers.com, to look back at and see our previous episodes. You can watch them or you can listen to them. You can send us an email if you have a suggestion for a guest. And you can join us on Facebook, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. Again, Karen, thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Judy, for allowing me to use your wonderful pro <laughs> program to spread awareness of neurofibromatosis. Thank you. You're welcome. So much.